Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, Reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You went online to switch your car insurance to Progressive so you could save money. But then you saw a friend request from an old summer camp buddy. And now here you are clicking through photos of his kickball team from 2011. Oh, looks like they won the championship that year. Then he moved to Tulsa. Oh, a new tattoo. Yes, they said it was easy to save hundreds on car insurance with Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates National Average Savings by New Customer Surveyed Who Saved in 2019. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Marishka's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com and Rabid Brewing. The time has come for you to drink mythological level craft ales. Visit the Southland legend Rabid Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. Let's drop the losing puck. Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show with 670 The Score's Jay Zawoski and NBC Chicago's James Naveau. It's more like drop the annoyed grunt puck. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago. This is indeed the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show. And with me, as always, and probably just as uh, kind of bored and annoyed and some mix of random emotions is Homewood's very own Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score. Jay, that was basically everything that I haven't liked about the Blackhawks condensed into one handy little package tonight. And even the return of Corey Crawford couldn't uh, help save that one for me. Yeah, uh, that was a frustrating game to watch, especially with all the sort of the excitement tied into it with Crawford coming back and Nicholas Jalmerson's return and all the little side stories that were into the game. By the way, Hawks lose 4-1 to the Arizona Coyotes. That's the game we're recapping right now. Um, Let's start with Corey Crawford. Um, First game in 10 months. I... He gave up three goals. The fourth Coyotes goal was an empty netter. 
Um, I had no problem with any of the goals he gave up. He stopped a breakaway. He looked sound. He looked confident in the net. Um, nothing I saw in Corey Crawford's game tonight troubled me. I don't know about you. What do you think? I definitely agree with you. I thought that he, I was kind of expecting him to look a little bit rusty and to kind of have some slow movements in the crease, not really see plays developing. I thought his recognition and his awareness of the uh, Coyotes offensive attack was really good tonight. I thought his positioning for the most part was really good. Like you said, the goals really came from just quality plays by the Coyotes or really kind of dunderheaded plays by the Blackhawks. They had a couple of really bad plays during the game that I'm sure we're going to break down as we move forward in this podcast. But I thought for the most part that Corey Crawford ended up doing a pretty solid serviceable job in net tonight. And I feel like without the kind of miscues that the Blackhawks had, they would have easily been in position to take a game from a Coyotes team that coming into tonight had not scored a single even strength goal all season long had only scored three goals total the entire season, and they come in and hang a four spot on the Blackhawks, including two goals from Vincent Henestrosa. Yeah, and those Coyotes numbers are a little bit misleading. They did have a lot of – they were putting up like 35, 36 shots per game. They just were not going in. So it's not like they're awful. And the Coyotes are a team that had some expectations. And you do have to say there were a lot of moments where the Hawks just missed goals. Like they hit the post – or it went through the crease, or was that one in the waning moments where it just sort of went through traffic and just went an inch wide. So very easily the Hawks could have won this game the way they played. I think that they overall had the edge in play. Just frustrating, though. The Coyotes blocking every shot. And then finally in the third period, the Hawks are getting some momentum. They're starting to put some pressure on. And then Chris Kunitz makes his first appearance of the season, even though he's played every game, and just yeah. hands the puck to the Coyotes. They score on a breakaway. Nothing Corey Crawford can do there. And then it's 3-1 instead of 2-1, and it's a totally different game. It's a totally different approach. The Hawks are forced to play with an empty net with almost five minutes left. And again, they almost got a goal there. But, God, if you just don't make a stupid turnover in your own zone in the waning minutes, minutes when you're trying to tie a game against a goaltender in Antiranta who was phenomenal tonight. He was awesome. And he's carrying the awesomeness that he had last season, too. He's been... Antti Rines has really grown into a terrific goalie. Um, but, God, that Kunitz mistake is brutal. And you yeah. can talk all you want about benching Brandon Saad. Chris Kunitz's time in the doghouse is near, and that might have been the play that, that, makes, that ultimately makes it happen. Well, and Brandon Saad, even, you saw in the third period, he was not seeing the ice a whole hell of a lot. Like he, There was a lot of Patrick Kane double shifting, and Brandon Saad was the guy that ended up sitting out quite a bit in that third period. Um, I did want to mention you had brought up earlier the Coyotes have had some a lot of shot opportunities and just hadn't been converting. Got to give credit to their defense, too. Like you said, they've been blocking a ton of shots this season. Yeah. Game in is having one of the best defenses in terms of uh, goals given up in the entire NHL. I, you could see why tonight they're a very they're a team that's willing to kind of give up the body and to block a lot of shots. And obviously that's not necessarily the most sustainable of defensive models but it definitely stymied the Blackhawks tonight and since we're talking about mistakes you brought up the Chris Kunitz turnover which by the way I don't know if Joel Quenville or Chris Kunitz know this but you don't want to give Clayton Keller the puck in open ice that's generally a bad idea probably not going to work out in your favor the other mistake I wanted to point out in the game tonight was the, the first Coyotes goal 
when Brandon Manning decided that he didn't know how to defend a two-on-one. That was an absolutely brutal play. <laughs> you have to commit to one of the two guys you in the two-on-one. Just let the defender have the other guy. You mean just laying down on your face is not the way to do it? <laughs> No, oh, and you know who? You know what? Though it was hilarious because you know who did it right at toward the end of the game. Eric Gustafson effectively defended a two-on-one. He committed to the guy with the puck, drove into the shooting lane, and blocked the pass across. That is how you defend that play, not whatever it was that Brandon Manning decided to do, and just basically left Corey Crawford out to dry. If you're getting out defended. By Eric freaking Gustafson, who, by the way, had his first goal of the season tonight. Could have had a second, too, if not for a great glove save by Ranta. You're just doing something really wrong, man. And that that was just a brutal play by Brandon Manning. And it's really funny that it's once again Manning and Kunitz, the guys that we've been kind of like talking about making some mistakes here early on. And oh, by the way, two of Stan Bowman's three big free agent signings this summer. Boy, they're really panning out so far. Yeah, that, it's really been an awesome contribution from those two so far. It's just, here's the deal. When you sign Chris Kunitz, what you want, you want a guy who's not going to hurt you. And that's really all he's done all year. That's the one play of Chris Kunitz's that I remember from this season. You're not wrong. I mean. Like I, I can't think of anything good he's done. He's invisible offensively. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, like you said, basically your one job is not to shoot your team in the foot. And the only th- the only time we ever talk about him is when he's doing exactly that. And at some point in the future, I think they have to get Brandon Davidson a look. And if that comes at the expense of Brandon Manning, then so be it. I'm just he has not shown me anything so far this season. He's been having a really bad start. And I know it's only six games, and it takes a little while to get used to the system and all of that. But it's, I'm just not even seeing flashes of it. Like, I've seen, like, maybe one or two good defensive plays from him this year. And then other than that, he's just making silly mistakes. Like, just little, itty-bitty, silly mistakes that end up costing goals. And that's just not that's not what the Blackhawks need from their blue line right now while they're still waiting for Gustav Forsling and Connor Murphy to come back. The other guy I did want to ask you about, too— is I wanted to ask you about Alexander Fortane or Fourteen or Fortan or it, it depends on which announcer you're listening to because <laughs> they all say his name differently. I don't know if you saw this tonight, but I didn't like what I saw from him tonight, and I think that Patrick Kane was not particularly enjoying having to skate with him in the third period of that game. What have you? What do you think of uh, Fourteen tonight? Well, this is what the scouting report's been: is he's got all these tools, right? He's got the speed. He's got a decent size, but he can't finish, and he can't skate with the puck. And if those are you're going to play on the line with Patrick Kane, those are two things you probably need to do: is be able to handle the puck and be able to finish a scoring chance. Um, and I heard Troy Murray say it on the radio broadcast. I caught the uh, first half of the second period on the radio, and he said, "Like, look, this kid, he's got to convert some of these great chances he's getting." And he's just not doing it. And and until he does, I don't know. It's not like there's a, 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 a ton of other options. But maybe Dylan Secura, if he gets those shifts, can convert those chances. So I, I don't know how long of a leash Fortane has. But um, there's been some positive signs. But, but you got to, I mean, look, when you are one-on-one with the goalie with all the time in the world, you've got to do a little something better than shooting in his chest. 
Yeah, and I think that was one of the things that I noticed a lot tonight was the Blackhawks were putting a lot of pucks right into Auntie Ranta. And the other thing, I noticed another thing too. There were a lot of like little kind of minor things that I noticed in this game. And one of them came, especially in the third period. I was noticing on a lot of their power play opportunities, they were hitting guys with passes on the wrong side. So they weren't able to one time it. They were getting to collect the puck. And yeah, you could sometimes pick your spot in situations like that. But at a certain point, you have to be able to hit a one timer get Antti Ranta moving back and forth and not let him just square the shot up. And I felt like the Blackhawks did that a lot tonight where they were just kind of missing passes, especially on the power play, and they weren't hitting their guys on the correct handed side. And so they were having to switch sides. And by that time, Antti Ranta's got you squared up, and it's really hard to beat him with the way he positions himself. Yeah, you're right. And look, I don't I don't want to overreact to this loss. Like It's, it's one loss. They, they could have won if some things bounced the other way. Here and there, there's going to be games like that. Uh, the good news is Corey Crawford's back. Um, one thing, though, I do want to focus on, because it is bigger picture, it is beyond this game, it's Brandon Saad, who looked like he was going to be a scratch all week, then found his way in the lineup today, and there were a couple moments where he looked okay, but he does not look to me like a guy who's had any sort of fire lit under his ass. And I don't know if you follow Chief on Twitter uh, from Barstool. He wrote a thing the other day, basically saying this is how Brandon Saad needs to play and it was video highlights of Brady Kachuk the rookie for the Ottawa Senators just playing like a power forward going in corners being relentless winning the puck getting in front of the net getting scoring chances his point was that none of these things that Brady Kachuk is doing are things that Brandon Saad can't do right so it's it and that's why I think when you see him Sitting out, it's one thing to not convert. It's one thing to, oh, you know, I'm snake bit right now. He's a non-factor, and that's a huge problem. He is way too important to this team's success to be a non-factor night after night after night. And again, it's not a score sheet thing. It's a Brandon Saad is a guy I don't notice thing. And it's $6 million, and for what you gave up to get him uh, in our Temi Panarin, who you could still have this year for $6 million if you wanted him, if you hadn't made that trade. It's just, I don't know, it's really troubling. And if, if you know, the threat of sitting isn't enough to motivate Brandon Saad, I don't know what's going to be. And to me, it is now a question of on-ice effort. Yeah, you were saying the other day that you didn't think that it was, like you weren't 100% certain that it was an effort thing. You thought that maybe there was, just some element of snake bitness, not to make up a word no, there, but that's kind of what you were inferring. But that it's again tonight, especially I thought it was pretty evident that there's just kind of a lack of give a crap right now. Well, with yeah, him. See, he is snake bit. That, that's part of it. But there's also the element of you make your own luck. Right. Yep. And he's not doing that. He's not doing anything to improve his luck. If you're going to grind your ass off and just please like have one hit me in the face and go in. I don't care because I'm going to be in front of that doing everything I can to get a goal or to help get a goal. He's not doing that. He's on a perimeter. Every Brandon Saad play I saw tonight, even the nice ones where he set up a nice pass or whatever, they all happened on the boards. You're not redeemed verbata. You're Brandon Saad. Go to the damn net. Yeah, you've got the body type that you need to be getting to the front of the net and try to get some greasy goals. That's something that, Everybody in that lineup that's capable of doing it, from Jonathan Taves down to Artem Anisimov, 
they have it in common. When they're not scoring, they're trying to get to the front of the net to make something happen. Brandon Saad does not seem to be doing that. He seems to be content to kind of let things come to him instead of taking some initiative and getting to the front of the net. Yep. All right, let's wrap this bad boy up. I think we've said enough about one game and a loss to Coyotes. Welcome back, Corey Crawford. I think the whole city is glad you're back, uh, not just from an on-ice standpoint, but from all the crap he's gone through over the last 10 months to get to this point. Awesome job. Great job. Looked good tonight in his first game back. So I'm excited to see where it goes for Corey Crawford. Um, but the Hawks lose 4-1 to the Coyotes. Thank you for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show. Before we wrap up, I want to tell you about our new website, madhousepod.com. There you will find everything Madhouse Podcast, every episode, links to our sponsors, our bios, links to our Twitter accounts and our blogs, a link to our merchandise shop at Threadless. That's madhousepod.threadless.com if you want to go there. Uh, Info about our event at Rabbit Brewing on November 27th. Those $10 tickets enter you in for the grand prize. The Hawks have pledged four tickets and an autographed item. We have autographed Mitch Trubisky hat from the Bears, a Kyle Fuller helmet, Wolves tickets. The Cubs are going to help out. The White Sox are going to help out. We're going to have tons of stuff to give away at the event on the 27th. Go to puckcancer.eventbrite.com or, again, just go to madhousepod.com slash events. Click that link, and it will take you right to the ticket page. If you can't attend on the 27th, you can donate all that money. Every penny that we generate from this event is going to help my friend Andy Garcia, who lost his wife to cancer in May. He's left behind with three children that he's caring for on his own, and he could use our financial support. I have great faith in our Madhouse podcast listeners that they will help us out. Join us on November 27th at Rabbit Brewing in Homewood or just make a donation. Speaking of Rabbit Brewing, they are having a Halloween party that they want you to know about. It is on the 27th. There's a costume contest with a cash prize. And I have been to Rabbit several, several, dozens of times. And if I know anything about Rabbit's clientele, the idea of a costume party at Rabbit is going to be some of the best people watching you will ever see. So go there, October 27th, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood. So we thank them and the rest of our sponsors. Uh, Rabbit Brewing, the time has come for you to drink mythological level craft ales. Visit the Southland legend, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood. Marishka's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. And Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris, 708-478-6090. This has been the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show. Hawks lose 4-1 to to the Arizona Coyotes. For my partner, James Naveau, I am Jay Zawoski. We will talk to you soon on the next Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Bye. Love you.